I used to come back to New York to do a movie and, you know, and stay in a hotel and shoot. And I did a whole bunch there. And one of them was The Wanderers, which it came right before or right after Raging Bull. I think it was right before Raging Bull. And it's uh, a story about teenage gangs in the Bronx or teenage kids in high school who belong to a gang called The Wanderers. Uh, it's a Dion, was it Dion and the Belmont song? I'm a wanderer, you know? I'm the kind of guy that'll never settle down. Yeah. And they have wonderful jackets that say wanderers on the back of them. And there are Italian gangs and black gangs. And there's an Irish gang. And there's a gang called the Fordham Baldies, which really was a gang uh, in, in the world. Have, all have shaved heads. And they were written by uh, the novelist Richard Price. And they are originally a, a, a book of connected short stories that's sort of a novel. And I can't remember what the, what the name of the book was. Or the book was called The Wanderers. But they are, maybe the, maybe the book was called The Wanderers, I just don't remember. But they're clearly based on his own adolescence in the Bronx, where he grew up, where he was the kind of the nerdy Jewish kid in the high school, and he desperately wanted to be in with the hip Italian, uh, really, you know, cool guys. And it's it's the stories are wonderful, by the way. The story's really marvelous. And and uh, Phil and his wife adapted it as a screenplay, and we shot it. The voice you just heard was that of Michael Chapman, cinematographer and director of photography for the film The Wonders. So, what do you get if you cross Jews, Italians, blacks, the Irish, and a gang of badass baldies in the Bronx? You get the film The Wonders, a witty, for-its-time satire that lampoons the stereotypes and clichés of the gang culture in the 1960s. The film is loosely based on the novel by Richard Price, who also co-wrote the screenplay along with Philip Kaufman, the director. The film follows the misadventures of The Wonders, an Italian-American gang led by Richie, as they encounter various challenges and enemies, such as the giant bald man, a kung fu master, a Nazi biker, and a of Irish zombies. The film is full of humour, action, romance and music. Good music with a catchy soundtrack that features songs from the era. Lots of good songs from the era. The film is also a clever commentary on the issues of racism, violence and identity that affected the urban youth of that time. The film is widely regarded as one of the funniest and most original films of the 1970s cult classic amongst all the fans of the genre. And is also the subject of today's podcast. Hello and welcome to the Adapted to Screen podcast, a podcast where we take a screenplay, a book, some sort of text that's been converted to a film or TV series and we just talk about it because we don't really have any other real talents in life apart from watching TV and reading books so we just come together and talk about what we've done so that's what we're doing we're talking about the film and the book The Wonders and joining me to talk about the film and the book The Wonders I have on mute Phil McCulloch and he's pointing at the screen he's pointing at me like I'm some sort of cunt it's not Right, okay, I'm not on mute anymore. Hello, hello, Richie the Body, how you do? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very good. Now, I put my uh, I put my microphone on mute and it must automatically turn the mute onto the screen, so I do apologise for that. Sorry, mate. I put you on mute, but for some reason I can't take you off. I don't know why that is. You did, you did that last time. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, I trust you are well. I am very well. Thank you very much for asking yourself. Excellent, thank you. Yeah, I can't complain. Can't complain. And also today we have a guest. We don't always have a guest. Sometimes we have a guest. We have a guest to do with the film or the book sometimes. Today, none of the above. Do you want to introduce our guest, Phil? Yes, today we have a fantastic stand-up comedian in the UK uh, and a very dear friend of mine. It's Stephen Dodd. Hello, Stephen. How do you do? Hi. Hi, Phil. Hi, Richie. You all right? Yeah. All good, all good. Thank you very much. If I'm distracted tonight at any point, and there's two reasons for it. One is I didn't finish the book. Oh. I've only read part Shock of the book. Right. And I'm upstairs in front of the window, and all I can see for miles and miles is fireworks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, of course, yes, indeed. I have my curtains closed. So we have uh, we have Stephen to thank for the choice today of The Wanderers. Stephen, tell us why you chose to discuss The Wanderers. Because he's a big racist. <laughs> <laughs> You've outed me. You've outed me. No, for me, it was a film that isn't an obvious choice for people. When you think about films that have been taken from book to screen, it's not an obvious choice. And a lot of people who have seen the film didn't know there was a book originally for The Wanderers. 
that's kind of like a lot of things, Richie. Uh, sorry, Stephen. I think that's why uh, Richie and I decided to do this podcast because there's a lot of films out there that you just don't know that they're based on books. I mean, some are pretty obvious, but some just aren't. Yeah, I think our biggest one was uh, Miss Doubtfire, wasn't it? That was the one that I don't think anybody in the world... No. I don't think... I think, I think even the author must have forgot at some point. <laughs> well, I've only just found that out this second. You know, that is a shock to yeah. me. Also, with The Wanderers as well, I was, I'm of the age group where the video revolution came in at the early 80s and we used to get film after film every weekend... Uh, probably watch about eight films of a weekend and The Wanderers was one of the ones that stuck out and it, it was just, it screams to me that film, it was just one of the films that we'd watch at least once a year and you know everyone would say like various quotes from it like don't fuck with the wongs or don't fuck with the baldies do you know what I mean it was just sort of like it was a film that everyone was sort of mad about when we was like 10 or 11 years of age really and and it is a cult classic. It really is a cult classic. Very much a product of its time, which after rereading the book in the last couple of weeks, I was like, wow, <laughs> this is like un- unbelievable. This is, oh, oh my God, so, sort of thing. And I know we did have those sort of discussions um, with, with messages coming back and forth, but I, I just think it paints a perfect picture of that time as well, the early 60s. Our conversations that we were having were based around this book and the story and everything being very racist and uh, him being obviously not uh, of today. But looking back, although I didn't finish the book, I've looked a lot into the story and the author. Um, It's not as bad as it seems on the surface. It's touching on that generation, that era where he grew up, what he went through. Yeah. It's almost a documentary of what happened. Yes, yes. That time. It'd be easy for younger people to watch it now and think, oh, this is awful. We shouldn't watch this. We need to take it off. It needs to be cancelled. But no, I think you need to look at it in the light of this is showing you how things were back then. And I agree with that because you can't airbrush history. You can't airbrush it out of people's minds or what actually happened. And I just think that more so the book paints a perfect picture of what was going on at that time in America, especially in New York where, where you know, at the turn of the 19th century or the 20th century, people from all over the world ended up going there, living there. And I just think it just shows what a melting pot it was. And and it's not it wasn't a bed of roses for quite a lot of people. Indeed. It's quite funny. I'd never heard of the film actually uh, until you'd mentioned it and I was quite uh, I was actually quite happy that it was a subject matter that it was. And it did make me think of things like The Outsiders, uh, yeah. The Warriors, uh, which I think The Warriors probably came out a little bit after this, even, did, though the yeah. book was, even though the book was 10 years previous. And obviously The Outsiders uh, came out in the early 80s as well. Because obviously The Outsiders, for those who don't know, uh, it's absolutely packed with uh, stars. I mean, there weren't stars at the time, but it had people like Tom Cruise, Ralph Macchio, Emilio Estevez, Rob Lowe, Matt Dillon, Leif Cassidy. I think it was directed by Francis Ford Coppola. Uh, Heather Langenkamp was in it. And then there was another There was another one, I think, in the late 80s, which name escapes me now, but had it was a similar thing about kids who basically lived on the street in Los Angeles, I think, and that had people like uh, Will Smith, James Le Glow yeah. uh, and, a, and a few others in it so those kind of films I've always liked those kind of films and I was pleased that you chose that one uh, rather than The Notebook <laughs> I do like The Notebook as it goes I'm a big fan of The Notebook but you know life isn't all romance and, and moonlight is it? And, and I do believe like I've said about three or four times that just paints a perfect picture of history that the book and the film itself more so the book than anything else really Right, shall we move on to Author's Bump, Richie? Mm, yeah, yeah. Author's Bump! Richard Price, born October the 12th, 1949, is an American novelist and screenwriter known for the books The Wanderers, Clockers and Lush Life. Price's novels explore late 20th century urban America in a gritty, realistic manner that has brought him considerable literary acclaim. Several of his novels are set in the fictional northern New Jersey city called Dempsey. Now, to have a quick look at uh, some of his books that he's written, Wanderers being his first, Blood Brothers, Ladies Man, The Breaks, Clockers and Freedomland, which you may know, Richie, as a 2006 movie starring Samuel L. Jackson and Julianne Moore. He has also written screenplays such as Ransom, starring Mel Gibson, 
Kiss of Death, starring Nicolas Cage, uh, Mag Dogs and Glory, featuring uh, Bill Murray and Uma Thurman, Night in the City with Robert De Niro, and of course, other films like Streets of Gold uh, with Joe Roth and Wesley Snipes. So what, what impresses me there is all that work that he's done is that The Wanderers is a mirror of, of is, is his life, basically, his life and his perception of the time. So it, although it's, you know, fictional, a lot of it is based on truth as well. I wonder if he were to write that book today, hadn't having not written it when he did, would he have written it different? Well, he probably would have had uh, more drug... Because I think, I think the thing that I found funny about this reading the book what i found funny it was basically it was just groups of kids that's all it was they weren't it didn't come of, across that way in the film though no no but that's the whole thing like, like when you're reading the book it's basically there's a group of kids who are a gang and there's a gang over there and then there's a gang that might be a little bit older over there but all they're doing is playing football matches against each other they're not like you know they're not like beating each other up and stabbing each other and yeah shots and this that the other it was kind of just what you did as like i don't know maybe for instance you know you when when you were 14 and you hung around with kids in your area and you go oh we don't want to mess with the kids over over that side you know that kind of thing and i think that's kind of what it was but it was a little bit different in this because like steve said and like you mentioned in your introduction you know there was you know there was the black part there was the the jewish part the italian part the irish part and you you kind of had that um I suppose these these children, because that's really what they were, they kind of had the stereotypical opinions of their parents on them, i.e. Yes, very much so, yeah. Whether they were, like, because the teacher did that a little bit in the the movie. The teacher was like, well, what do your parents call the blacks and what do your parents call the Italians and what do your parents call the Jews? And, you know, it was kind of building up to... you're, You're getting your opinions from your parents, but actually if you just got on with each other you get on with your life everything's going to be okay kind of thing that's what i thought anyway yeah i think it did highlight the ignorance of people not mixing really is that of it is down to ignorance and and the scene you talk about there with the teacher writing on the blackboard what interested me in the book was the teacher involved in the book was an ex-gang member Yes, that's who, right, yeah. who was all the time just thinking I could flatten all of these if I wanted to, <laughs> and there was a lot of bits of him raging inside when he when he was doing that, and when and when they was fighting in class, and he sort of broke the, the fight up. But in he the film, he started the whole thing, didn't he? Yeah, he, he started, did. Yeah, it was his yeah. fault that everything went tits up yeah. in the movie. Yeah, but let's get on. To, right, let's get on to the differences uh, shortly, shall we? Do uh, the IMDb bits, Richie? What you mean, the cast? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, go on then. Okie dokie, so here we are, the Wanderers. We have Ken Wall, who played Richie. We had Karen Allen, uh, who most of you will know from Indiana Jones. She played Nina. John Frederick played Joey. Tony Calum played Depsy. Alan Rosenberg played Turkey. Jimmy Youngs played Buddy. And oh, we have Tony Ganios played Perry. And Linda Manns, who played Pee Wee. Also a special mention to Erlin Van Litt who played Terra. Now, can either of you two tell me what Terra or Erland van Litt's last film role was? Was it Stir Crazy? No, it wasn't Stir Crazy. It wasn't Stir Crazy. It wasn't, wasn't Stir Crazy. Crazy. He sounds like he should be a Bond villain. No, yeah. he, well, he should have, but he died. He died in, like, 1987. He died really, really early. He was only about 34. Um, James no, Bond's he, been going since 1820. Yeah. <laughs> I swear to God, Richie. Um, <laughs> no, he played uh, Dynamo in uh, The Running Man. Oh, yes. Thinking about it now, you, you can visualise him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you can indeed, yeah. yeah. Right, and so, uh, oh, and of, of course, sorry, uh, it was it was directed, you had, um, it was directed by Philip Coffey. Kaufman, 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 uh, Richard, uh, sorry, Richard Kaufman, sorry, uh, Philip Kaufman, who directed The Wanderers in 1979, the year before had had um, directed Invasion of the Body Snatchers, a year or two years after that had co-written Raiders of the Lost Ark. So he'd uh, written and uh, directed lots of different stuff, including Rising Sun with Wesley Snipes and Sean Connery. Another great film. 
Yeah, yeah. And the one thing that got me, because I watched this on uh, Freevee on Amazon, and at the very start, it looked like, like you know, when you're watching the local news and they go, oh, such and such place in the 70s, and they show you, like, clips of the 70s. That's what it looked like. Yeah. It looked like some proper news footage from the 70s yeah. to start with. I was yeah. like, oh, God, this is going to be terrible. But uh, actually, it wasn't. It worked out all right. Are we doing our um, Are we doing our cinema bit, Richie? If you want to do your cinema bit, you can do I haven't done a trailer this you week. You haven't done a trailer? Okay, right. Then. No. You're not using that Inspector Gadget music over the top of it again, are you? Oh, that was funny. <laughs> it was funny, but I listened back I do, to that. I do apologise, but I had to put it... it so as soon funny. as I heard you you're talking, I thought I'm going to have to stick that underneath. Okay, <laughs> carry on then, Phil. Right, okay. The Wanderers is a teenage Italian gang in the Bronx, New York City, 1963. They have their confrontations with other gangs. Drugs and weapons are uncool. Adult life awaits them. I don't know what music I'll put underneath that in the edit, but... I know. Sounded like a ransom demand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite happy with that Inspector Gadget music. Uh, what is it, Dr. Claw? He sounds like Dr. Claw from Inspector Gadget. I'll get you next time, Gadget. It next time. <laughs> he did, the thing is, he did it for Breakfast at Tiffany's as well, and he just made the whole film, which is meant to be a, 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 a romantic comedy, just sound like a sinister horror. <laughs> He's a great voice, but he's just... Thank you, Steve. If you want your kids back, send them back. <laughs> you sound like Dan the Boozer, who's had too many fags. Head <laughs> <coughs> down the Boozer with throat cancer. Uh, right. Right, so, okay, let's go into... Let's go into the differences. So, actually, I mean, even though there wasn't very much difference, there's quite a lot of differences, I thought. Um, yeah. From what I remember... From what I remember reading the book, Joey and Richie were the main characters. They were the two. They were the two main guys. Yeah. And everyone else, you know, you had Eugene, you had Turkey, you had Buddy, you Perry. had Perry. There was little smatters here and there of different people. But I'm not sure whether what they've done is is taking Joey and giving him half of Richie's part in the movie. If you know what I mean. It oh, seems yeah. that like it was Joey and Perry. That's what yeah. it seemed to me. And Richie was kind of like the third wheel of those two, where it was very much Richie and Joey all the way through the book. I don't know if I'm mm. wrong in thinking. No, no, you're right in what you say there. You're right in what you say there. And, and another character I didn't see was, um, I believe, was it Joey or Richie's little brother? Oh, and, oh, actually, well, well, two. First of all, Richie's little brother and his gang of the Zorros. Yeah. And uh, Richie's girlfriend's brother, Scott Height. Yes, who, um, and I just wanted to, uh, if I can, if I can quickly find it in in the book. I just want to read this because fucking hell, I have never read something that was fucking so shocking in any, is, any book. Is this the roof scene? The roof. Fuck <laughs> yeah, yeah. I haven't got right. to the roof scenes. Oh my um, god, it did. It, it well, it just sort of shocked me when I read it. But why are you trying to find that when I was uh, when I said earlier? Would he, would it have? been written the same i'm also talking about the language and how he um, actually read the book do you think he'd have been brave enough to use the same language we had this conversation when it come to um nothing lasts forever richie there was a lot of n-words and so on and so forth in that book and that was what that was like a that was uh, like a, a mid-70s book wasn't it and the same in breakfast at tiffany's there was a lot of n-words there was lots of like aspersions on on gay people and stuff in that book and i think it's just the way that that book was written was exactly the language that was number one used and number two acceptable at the time i agree but the only reason i ask you about this book whether it be written the same is because this isn't um, this isn't fiction. This is back, this is kind of like his his life in a book. Yeah. So to keep accurate to his life and what he went through, you would want to keep that language really, so so as you can get a fuller picture of how it was for him. If you to start changing the language and start pretending it didn't happen, I'm not getting the picture that it, he, he's not he's not painting the picture that he wants to paint. That language is necessary for the uh, for the story that he's trying to put across. 
Are you talking about if it was rewritten? Sorry, if, if he'd wrote it nowadays, if if um, he was to say, um, I think, I think, I think the language would be, no, the language would be different because we speak differently. If you know what I mean, like, like we would, we would use different, or we do use different terminologies. Don't yeah, but we? we do, but he doesn't. What if he didn't write it then, but he wrote it now? Hmm, that's a very good question, Richie. Um, I think because at the back of his mind, he's gonna have it in his head that um. Probably going to upset a few people by doing it this way, um, but in this, in this, although I don't agree with the terminologies or the, some of the words that are used, I think it was necessary for you to get a proper picture and understanding of how it was. And if you take that away, you're not. It's almost like you'd be glossing over the truth. It probably might be softened slightly. They might say, for instance, can you not say the N-word 87 times? I, I think the film diluted it a bit as well. I think the film diluted the um, the racism in it. And But there's a different... But the reason for that, Steve, I think, is there's a lot of differences in between the book and the film. The one thing that the film did excellently was took the chapters of the book and put them in a different order. Yes, make complete sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't, I don't think I've ever watched the film of a book and gone, "Fuck me, this makes more sense." Yeah, you know what I mean. Like the ends in the middle, the yeah. the beginnings at the end, so on and so forth. And you're like, "Oh, this makes complete sense." And, and the final chapter is just taken out completely in the film, so it's not even in the film. The um, because it's unnecessary. It's, yeah, yes, the, yeah. I thought yeah. I thought it was unnecessary in the book. To be <laughs> fair, I really did. It just it just sort of like. It upset me a little bit when I read it this morning. When I finished it off, it upset me. The last chapter, I just thought, did we really need that in the book? I'm going to have to read the book now. No, well, it's um, well. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what the title of the chapter is, Richie. And like, I know what uh, I know what um, Steve's talking about, but I refuse to read it. It's chapter twelve, Coda, the rape. So that's it. Not reading it. Oh wow. Absolutely not going to fucking bother because I don't I don't deal with shit like that. So I don't like, know where that chapter came from, whether it's on a true story or what. But I just didn't see him any rhyme or reason to it. It's just it was just weird. I mean, I, I think it must have been something that maybe happened to someone he knew. I mean, yeah. I can only imagine that would be the reason why you'd do it. Like mm-hmm. like you say, most of the stuff is kind of from his experience, but he's he's kind of fictionalised it. But but it was like an add-on. It was like it was like you write a story and you think, oh, I didn't put that bit in. Let's put it in at the end. It, it, but that that would be for me that that as a story itself, the seriousness of it would have been in the middle because of the seriousness of of what happened in in that chapter. It just sort of like seemed to me like um and and the, I can't fault the book apart from that. It just seems like oh, I forgot to put that in. Let's put that story right at the end. The, the film uh, and the book. The book reads more like, as you say, it's it's about kids growing up, and it's a, but the, the film is more it's dark and it feels more like an adult film. I think it would have been better done in the eighties with people like Corey Thelman and uh, that that group of kids that did the Goonies and everything, and it would, if you know, what I mean, it wouldn't have been so. I think it was the the um, the Greece school of casting where they're casting thirty and forty year olds in uh, in in roles that people are seventeen and eighteen stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. They did. I mean, I mean, Perry and Richie looked like forty year old blokes, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there he goes. You ever seen a seventeen year old white boy the size and with muscle like him? <laughs> never, but Richie, never. But Richie, what you were saying there is what me and uh, what me and Steve were talking about earlier on. They did the outsiders in the early 80s pony boy and it was you know the greasers versus the local gangs they did red dawn um which i know was about an invasion of north korea but you know it had, it had charlie sheen in it it had um jennifer gray it had all the brat pack kind of people so they've done these gang things uh, all the way across um but i think this was this is one of the better ones i think but here's the here's the page from the wanderers uh, chapter four the roof so to set the scene scotty height who is richie's girlfriend's brother who by the way isn't in the movie at all and we'll talk about that in the differences uh, him and his mate go up to the top of this building to read a porno right and uh scotty read a porno 
yeah, well, yeah. to wank off to a porno, whichever they were gonna, whatever they were going to do. They got a That's what we had to do in the old days. It weren't just two <laughs> clicks and you got donkey porn. It was like you had to work to get your porn back in our day. Yeah, but when I found it, I didn't fucking read it. <laughs> <laughs> so Scotty goes, let's go downstairs. And the doors, Scotty tells, um, I don't know, what's, what's the lad's name here, Dougie? Scotty tells Dougie that the door's locked. What are we going to do? Scotty echoed weakly. Uh, weakly. Dougie sniffled, starting to cry. Man! Scotty ran over to the iron grill and bleated in his dull oxen terror to the empty streets far below. Scotty! Scotty! Dougie ran over to him, eyes glistening. I've got it! I've got it! Scotty's face was coated in tears, his breath, his breathing laboured, his lips shivering. Scotty! Listen! We can jump! Dougie's lips were shivering too. What? Scotty gasped in horror. We can jump! Look! He pointed to Scotty's sneakers. We've got PF flyers. We'll bounce up like kangaroos, like on the Terratune Circus. Scotty, sensing salvation, nodded excitedly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be safe, Dougie shouted. Safe, Scotty screamed. Dougie climbed the iron grill and crouched on the top rail. Come on, Scotty. Scotty hoisted himself up to Dougie. Both boys grasped the top bar, crouched. They looked like swimmers waiting for the starting gun. Scotty's eyes were tight shut. Dougie looked at him. Okay, when I say three, we jump. Okay. Scotty started sniffling again, but wouldn't open his eyes. Ready? One, two, three. Dougie jumped backwards onto the gravel, but Scotty pitched himself clumsily off the roof. About four stories down, he started to scream, hearing a whap like a splattering coconut. Dougie ran to the rail, looking down as he saw Scotty sprawled on the pavement like a bloody howdy doody with a cut string. Dougie pressed his face between the cool bars of the grill and stared off into the park. After a while, he trotted back to the iron door, opened it and disappeared down the stairs. And you think, Dougie, you little shit. <laughs> but it's like, it's like they, they never mentioned it again. It's like the kid's some no, sort of yeah. killer and he's just like, yeah, yeah, I'm going home now, sort of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I never saw him again in the book and I was like, no. have, I missed, have I missed a chapter? Have I missed something here? And it was the only, the only bit. Uh, the only bit that was that kind of referred to them to Dougie and Scotty was when because um, you can tell Dougie's a little prick because yeah. he does that. Do you want to do that softest punch competition? <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. Scotty like just gives him a little love tap and then Dougie <laughs> proper bombs him and he goes, "That really hurt." He goes, oh, "I lost then, didn't I?" They did that, <laughs> they did that in the car. It was uh, was it was it was it Richie and Joey? And yeah, yeah. And yeah. Joe, uh, Richie and Joey in the back of the car. Yeah. So that's one difference. Uh, they, they they took some characters out of the film completely. But again, that was another massive story that was just sort of left in the book. It was just, it happened. And then they're like, yeah, just carry on. The reason why, because it was it was Scotty who was C's, was it Dougie who was C's brother, Richie's girlfriend's brother? Or yeah. Scotty, because I forget which one now, but whichever one it was, probably the fucking evil bastard. Yeah. He, he'd wrote um, Richie Hates or Yeah, yeah on a wall. And that's why the, the Dow Bombers were upset with him. And that's why there was going to be a big fight, not because they decided at, at school they were just going to have a fight, because that's what it was, wasn't it? It was that was in the class. He goes, "Oh, well, let's meet up Saturday in the park for a fight," and he's like, "Yeah," but that wasn't. It, it was because that kid had written Richie H on the wall. Which, when you think about it, you, you wouldn't sign your own name, would you? No, absolutely not. No, no. I mean, no. if somebody said something that bad about me, and it had it had a person's name next, it's so I'd think well, clearly it wasn't that person. Then. <laughs> yeah, and obviously the big. Like, I'd actually made uh, I'd actually made a few notes. I'll just get my notes out. Um, Ooh, look I'd at you. Put, you know what? Well, I had to. Well, we have to, Rich. We have to make notes. I put thirty minutes in. Nothing to do with the book. He's like, is anything going to be like in the book yet? Because <laughs> it was like they'd gone from being chased by the Boldies to Perry turning up and battering everyone to uh, to the school uh, to the to that. I mean, th- that scene in the book was obviously there, but I was like, we're, we're about twenty seven minutes in here, and like, there's like, there's no cohesive, there's no cohesive thing cohesion with yeah cohesion with the book. But actually, it wasn't until about maybe half an hour later, I was like, ah, he's just taken all bits of chapters and he's put them in the right order. And that makes perfect sense. The um, I think that you looking at the book in the the wrong light. The book was never written as a linear story. The book was a 
was put together as almost short stories. Now I heard that in the promo thing at the beginning, yeah. It was never going to follow. Uh, I think it was one of the reasons why I stopped reading the book. It started to make no sense to me. I got bored of it. It's like I already didn't know most of this anyway from the film and I just got fed up. But since I've looked at interviews and read it and, and stuff since then and what I've heard, I'm more interested in going back to the book now and looking at it in that light rather than expecting one full linear story, which is what the film had to do, obviously. The film, it wasn't going to be like Tales from the Crypt now to make it a linear film I think it did it very easily though there was um, things like uh, doing the elbow tits which yeah. made me laugh oh, god that was um, fucking brilliant I used to do that <laughs> as a kid <laughs> elbow tit but then it was um, like for instance with the um, uh, in the book they have the football match like you know halfway through the book you know, like five or six chapters in, and that's where the Ducky Boys first attack. And the Ducky Boys, which were weird ones, they they had them when they were chatting, when they were following the girl uh, in the car, and Perry was driving, yeah. and, they, and they end up in this like fucking smoke ridden back street. All of it suddenly things. turns into night time, doesn't yes, it? And it's, like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's pitch black, and I don't know where they are. It's like if I drove for three minutes from my house, I would know where I was. <laughs> yeah, and if I, yeah, and, and if I drove thirty minutes from my house. I would still know where I was. Right? <laughs> yeah. And like, ah, maybe don't go in, don't get out the car around here. It's a bit dodgy. Right? Yeah. But then just gets out and starts having it with, uh, what, how did you describe them, Richie? Irish zombies. Irish zombies, Irish yeah. zombies, yeah. They were in the film. Not, not one of them was over five foot five. No, that's, was why that? the, that's why they were called the Ducky Boys, weren't they? Because they were just retired jockeys from Ireland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just want to go back to the elbow tip thing a second as well. Because in the book, fine, it was funny. I understood it because as a kid, I used to do the same thing. But watching the film... Watching a grown man who's clearly in his thirties going down the street <laughs> playing elbow tit. Yeah. Just seemed a bit fucking weird. <laughs> seemed a bit Operation Utrey to me, to be honest with you. When I, was in it, I was like, oh my god. Yeah. What, what what made me laugh though is that like they're all stood there and, and they're like so th- like women who are walking up the road can can probably see that they're stood there and then can see that they're purposely walking towards them as well. And that's where uh, Joey gets beat up by that one woman, isn't he? Yeah. Back it was him. massive, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She could have been a Bond villain. There was the cock and roll. That, that was done to the two young lads in the book, the two characters <gasps> that they didn't right. bring in. That they brought right. because, that in, yeah. Because, because what happens in the book is that Dougie, he writes, Richie hates... And he gets the hassle at school and then he figures out who it is or he someone tells him who it was. He sees it on his hands, he sees the cruise. Yeah, he sees the white paint. So he goes to his brother's gang who's in like two years below him, the Zorros. Yeah. And says, Right, we need these two kids teaching a lesson and they do the dick on the rope thing to them. I think I think all the bits were well implemented. Uh like I mean the Baldies had a lot more to do in the film than they did in the book. Definitely, um, yeah. And I don't think Turkey joins the Baldies, does he, in the book? Not in the book, no, no. Which was a no. weird thing. It was, it was like, why would they Why would they do... Because like, sometimes, like, like, we have the conversation, Steve, what is an author... Uh, or what does a film change the book? And we had um, we had Ducky Brimson on, who'd who'd wrote Top Dog, and he also wrote the script as well. So we you know we asked the question of why why do you change certain things? And is it time? Is it money? Is it continuity? And that kind of thing. And it's just why they why Turkey was a baldy. I mean maybe just so they got chased at the very beginning. Yeah, I don't know. You know what I mean? It yeah. could have been as simple as that. Right, we want to chase. We want to introduce Perry as this tough lad. How do we do it? put turkey in the baldies because you didn't have any of that in the book about them going into the marines either did we no you you had the baldies going into the marines because uh, uh the man's train of thought in the marine center was i want these away from my store my offices get them in the marines he didn't care if they wanted to become marines or not he just wanted them away he just wanted them off the streets basically that's why he got them to sign up Oh, must have because sometimes when you when you're reading the book and you're watching the film, it kind of all blends into one, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, it does. It's, it is a for all of our six listeners out there. It's a very difficult task that we undertake. But but the one character I found was spot on was Joey's dad. Emilio, I just thought that was Emilio. Yeah, was perfectly cast and perfectly well, written in the film. Well, I've got to say, first of all, I think uh, most people have had a dad out there who's a bit hard and a bit strict and probably a bit of a pisshead and probably just batty rather than talk to you. But Emilio kind of really encased that, didn't he? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. In, 
I think I think in the book, I think they said he was like a, a Mr. New York. Yes. Uh, so like he was always working out. He's you know he's flexing his body. He's got eighteen inch biceps and he's ex fireman. Yes, indeed. And um, he goes down to watch his son play the football match where about seven hundred ducky boys turn up. Yes, yes, yeah. So that massive fight scene. The bit that made me laugh was when he's picked up that lad like he's the Big Show. Yeah. And he's picked up Ray Mysterio and he's just swinging him around, knocking people out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That blow. That was brilliant. And then at the very end, because it's exactly the same as the book, like Joey gets up after being beaten up. He's going, yeah, we've beat the we've beat the Ducky Boys. And his dad just turns around and just fucking bombs him. Levers him in the stomach, yeah. <laughs> but then like he doesn't even realise he's done it. And he's just going, yeah, with his fucking half a bench. But he looks like a, he's a beast. He's a beast of a man, isn't he? You could just look at him and think, wow. But then in, in the book, they, he sort of goes into a bar for a drink and the, the bar people are like, we can't stand him, but we're not going to tell him sort of things so yeah I think to be honest what the book did really well was make you aware of and we had this conversation me and Rich had this conversation about Fantastic Mr Fox very similar films well no but no, but the, the, the point I was making is Roald Dahl can make you hate somebody or like somebody with a few choice words yeah he, he was mean he is smelly and you fucking don't like that, Gazer. And it was kind of that's with 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 Richard Price. Even though Emilio hadn't actually done anything particularly, you could tell he was a mean bastard. You know, just like like the, like the sat at the table eating, and just a couple of things that he says. You're like, oh, I don't like you. You didn't. I don't like you. Oh, I wish you get your comeuppance, sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It was, but also, I think I took solace that he was only a, a very minor character, and I actually quite liked the fact that, like, he stood up for his son. And well, well, did he stand up for his son, or did he just like a big scrap? I just think he liked a big scrap. To be honest with you, he was like, "Yes, this is happening," sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. There was fucking hundreds of them little ducky boys, and you don't even know why, do you? There was no aggro, and that was the oh, weird thing. Right? Was it me, or is Turkey homosexual? Well, in the book, it makes out that he's homosexual because he offers the man a blowjob, one of the ducky uh, boys. Uh, and in the mean. book, he goes, come on, we go to the park, nobody will know. Yeah. And then, and while they're beating him to death, they like, keep shouting blowjob, blowjob. So I fucking missed that bit in the book as well. It's only, it's only fresh in my mind because it's been like the last three days that I've read the last hundred pages. So. I say, yeah, it's, it's been a couple of weeks since I've yeah. it. Yeah, which was like in the film, it was bizarre. It was like... Yeah, do you want to go to park? Where did that come from? Yeah. <laughs> and then he just pulls a knife out and just started slashing him. But but I'm glad now I've watched it after I've read the book again, because mm. it, you look at even the priest in the church with the ducky boys, you, you see him in there giving them, um, what do they call it? They give them... The communion. Yeah, communion. Now, he's an ex-gang member as well, so you sort of look at him and think, wow, he's got a backstory. I think there's so many backstories that yeah. are not brought out in the film, obviously, because she's time restricted. To be perfectly honest, then there's a, you know, it's like passing, it's passing comment, isn't it? Like, just like you said about the teacher. The teacher was like part of the Red Wings and he said like, uh, the reason why he never told anyone, he probably would have got more respect, but he didn't tell anyone because they used to chase the blacks. Yeah. And he didn't, he didn't want to think that the kids in the class have got brothers who he used to beat up. Yeah. That could have been another two, 300 page book. Easy peasy, I think. There's so much scope there. I mean, I'm surprised really no one sort of took it up as a series and looked at it and thought, wow, we could make a series out of this. Like, yeah. They did with like um, Sons of Anarchy and the Mayans, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, could have quite yeah you, yeah you could quite easily do that and uh, if uh, if that does happen HBO Stephen Dodd's down for at least two and a, two and a half percent me and Richie are down for three and a half percent each yeah 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 right let's discuss Richie let's discuss Richie in the book and his girlfriend C and Richie's trying to get his end away but just can't seem to get his end away and then let's discuss Richie in the film who the, your first introduction to Richie is banging his bird. Yeah. Immediately banging out. Now, is is his girlfriend's dad a gangster? Yes, I believe so. But in the book, they're like Italian gangsters, but I'm I'm getting an Eastern European feel in the film with with the dad and his brothers. No, I was getting the Italian feel. I was still getting the Italian feel, but aren't they high up in the mafia? Are they just bowling alley mafia? Like, you know, I couldn't. I couldn't. I mean, in fact, I missed something big in the film, actually. He did say, I'm just uh, stupid, and then he referred to himself in as his Italian. So, yeah, 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 he is, they are Italian in the film, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Guinea, I think they used it, yeah. didn't they? Which I don't understand the terminology. I, I, I just think that in, in New York at that time, you had little, and you probably still do, you had little sort of 
crews like that will control a certain area. So, like you say, it could be just a bowling alley mafia. Yeah, and then maybe just kicking up to uh, like the local mafia family, giving them a little tickle of of whatever action they got so yeah. they could look after their little bit. Because that was, uh, I don't know whether Kingpin may have, may have uh, nicked that idea there from the from the bowling hustle because in uh, Kingpin they uh, shove his hand down the thing, don't they? they yeah, 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 yeah. The, uh, the bowling shoot and they drop the bowling ball on the geezer there. But um, my favourite line uh, from the film is from Bowling Mafia's dad and he said, She's been banging away since junior high and never caught anyone. You should have given her an ankle bracelet and stuck to jerking off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that my favourite bit was, I was banging them a dozen at a time, but it was never anybody's daughter. And I thought, but what obviously it is to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, unless, unless he's homosexual. He's <laughs> yeah. never anyone's daughter. But even, even, even the missus went, banging no one's daughter. <laughs> But um, I don't think it was ever a love story, because sometimes these can turn out to be love stories between two lads, you know, between Joey and Richie, as an example. And it never really, I never really thought about it until the very end with Joey and Perry. And I was like, it's okay to, not in a gay way, I'm not saying it's not okay to be gay, what I'm saying is like, not in a gay way, like Joey and Richie, uh, sorry, Joey and Perry became really close. Yeah. I think you said at one point, you know, not homo. But like you know, I love you or whatever it was. Uh, yeah, and yeah. When, yeah. Um, and that's where uh, Joey's Joey's dad comes around to try and shag Perry's mom. Mom, yeah, <laughs> and gets caught. I don't think we actually seen the mom in the film, did we? We just heard a voice. Yeah, just heard a voice. Yeah. But in Which the book, voice? she was portrayed as like a, a young, an old, dumpy woman who was just mourning the death of her husband and her other son treated her like dirt, basically. He'd made money for himself. Well, that's what I thought when Perry goes to go in and she goes, oh, Perry, can you just go to the shop? Like, I thought, oh, has she got a geezer in there or something? You know what I yeah. mean? Is she, is she a prostitute, perhaps? I don't know. And does Perry know? Does he not know? You know, he, does, she, does she do it while he's at school? And so on and so forth. I wasn't I wasn't clear. It never really made, it never really, like, kind of brought it out other than uh, Joey seeing his dad leaving there. Yeah, that 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 one time, but then they have that fight. Well, that Perry's talking about leaving, and Joe's like, oh, "I'll come with you. I'll come with you. Let's just go." They have to fight. He eats his dad over the head, and they decide to leave. And all of this is going on. Rich is having his um, bachelor party, isn't he? Yeah. What I liked about that scene was, you know, you had the Dow bombers, you had the Wongs, and they were like, "Right, we're leaving." And they're like, no, stay. And he's like, no, you know, we don't fit in. He's like, don't be daft. Well, I want you here. I don't know whether was that the point where, at least for Richie realised these people are just my friends. I don't have to fight them. I don't have to be against them. You know, you can live your life and be friends with people that aren't the same as you. I think it was like a coming of age sort of thing. That that part was definitely coming of age. I think, like, what am an adult now? Well, that that last 15 minutes, I think, kind yeah. of, kind of what he tried to cram. Like, if you watch, for instance, Dazed and Confused, you can watch the beginning of Dazed and Confused and start off as a 15-year-old, and you can end that as a 30-year-old and go, I've come a long way in this movie. You know, that is a coming, that's coming of age. You know, you kind of, you've matured throughout that film where I think what, what it tried to do was fit all that into the last 15 minutes. Go, right, how do we make them? better people quickly the, the bit I loved is when the, his new father-in-law gave him that big Hawaiian shirt and he's like you'll grow it because he's looking at the size of it and he's like you'll grow into it and he's like okay <laughs> and I'm like yeah yeah I just thought that was fantastic <laughs> yeah I thought that was quite good as well uh, um, also uh, for you Richie I uh, I saw something in that film right at the end that I thought you may have liked did you? Yeah, the Bob Dylan being in the being in the pub playing. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Was it actually? Yeah. Was it meant to be Bob was Dylan? Actually, was he? It was actually Bob Dylan. Yeah, I don't Bob. know if it was meant to be him, but it was him. What? What? What was it actually? Bob Dylan, or was it? was it actually some... Bob. No, Dylan, it was meant yeah. to be Bob Dylan. Was it meant to be Bob Dylan? Yeah. It was actually Bob Dylan. I was it actually Bob Dylan? Yeah. Well, yeah. obviously, I recognised the song. And I go, oh, clearly they're pretending that it's Bob Dylan, but I didn't actually know if it was Bob Dylan or not. I'm pretty sure I didn't look it up, but I didn't look it up because I was pretty sure it was Bob Dylan. The, the bit I like as well is where they go to the Jersey Turnpike and I just thought of the Sopranos straight away then because <laughs> at the start of the Sopranos he goes through that in every episode doesn't he in the credits the Tony oh, Soprano Oh that's right with the, um, with the toll road Yeah 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 Obviously the last line but that was probably one of the funniest was 2,900 miles have we got enough gas? <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Which I thought was uh, which I thought was pretty cool um, No sign of Bob Dylan being in the uh, in the credits oh. Richard Well they they um, 
If it wasn't him, they, they found a very good look alike. Well, no, look alike. He was fucking silhouetted. It was a silhouette. Okay, well, it was definitely Bob Dylan singing it. Yeah, it was probably. Yeah, I'm just having a quick look to see uh, if we've got any um, credits for the for the music or the the uh, soundtrack. I'm still I'm still unsure of what the the is it the Dookie Boys. Dookie Boys. The, they Boys. were Irish, weren't they? The Irish, yeah. Yeah. What what were they? What were they? They just seemed to hang around the streets doing fuck all, and then turn up to football matches to start random fights. Well, that, that's what they used to do. They, they'd sort of all stick together, and then every so often they get bored and just hit a certain. In the book, it says they'd hit a certain neighbourhood, cause absolute carnage, and then go back to their own neighbourhood. Like nothing happened. They just go and like it wasn't even like a money making thing. It was just to go and fight. And then come back. And I think that's why everyone was like, we're getting out of here. Because these guys, because in the film, when they're trying to get the other gangs to join them to fight the Dow Bombers, they're like, now nah, we ain't fucking getting involved. And then the other guys has pulled the shooters out. And they're like, we fucking, we can't trust them. We've got our shooters. He's like, no, no, we don't do weapons. Like he said, no, he said no weapons. We're going to fight with no weapons. Although they never actually fought. They just had a football match. Um, and then and then the Wongs turned up and the Wongs are like, well, we'll do, we'll do it when we're ready. But you could imagine that the Ducky Boys shit everyone up because they just turn up 250 yeah. with, with knives and poles and just battier. My problem with the film was when the Wongus turned up, they turned them into stereotypes of what was going on around that time. They turned all of them into Kung Fu masters. Yes. I can't imagine that if Richard Price was growing up and he had Chinese people or Japanese people in his school, that they were all martial arts masters. It, 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 I just thought that was a bit too stereotypical. No, but I think what they've done is the Wongs have gone, we'll kill you with one judo chop, and everyone's gone, we've fucking seen those movies. So, yeah, they're probably, you're right. But, oh, yeah, the Wongs, that's another thing. The Wongs are Chinese. Uh, yeah. Judo's Japanese. It's Japanese. It's Japanese yeah. martial arts. Yeah, exactly. But maybe that's the irony. Maybe they're just going, we'll kill you one judo chop, and people are like, I don't want to find out. I've yeah. seen those films, so they, they all can. Maybe. Just like uh, just like when they meet them, and, and well, they all disappear, and then Turkey goes, yeah, fuck you. And he goes, the Wongs are always watching. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because <laughs> you know, that adds to the mystique, doesn't it? <laughs> and, and there's a part where Turkey goes a bit bad and then you'll see, not even ducky boys, these are like men with like business hats and raincoats on standing by a car and he goes up to them and they just ignore him. And then they start chasing him and I'm thinking, well, this kid's having the bad day. Yeah, he's sort of like, everybody in the street's chasing him. Yeah, and also the irony was that all the ducky boys are having communion. The priest is ramming that fucking communion prong. By fat. Yeah. Why just ramming it in the mouth. Because they're all there praying to God, getting absolution. Here's someone outside who's in trouble. And go and kill him. Yeah. And, and then what just go back to church? Oh yeah, Saz. Saz father for that. I um But, but in this. the book they, they don't discuss in confession what they've done fighting wise or anything like that. He knows they're doing it, but they don't they don't discuss it in confession. That's what the book said, that they never bring that to confession. Which is which is even more bizarre because you'd think that's where you'd get away with it. That's that, that you're absolving yourself. But then again, what do I know about religion? Fucking hell. So, uh, any of the any of the differences in the uh, in the book, Richie, uh, that you know? Oh, I wouldn't know. No, Steve. I mean, Eugene, who who said his penis was pointing downwards. Who was he? he in the- no, he wasn't. I I took I took Eugene. Wasn't he the geezer away in the shop? Yeah, in the paint shop. Yeah, because I. I, I took him to be like some 40 year old bloke because he was because Joey goes to me because I oh, like no Richie it's Richie because I oh, I want to get my end away and my bird is going yeah what you want to do is shove a carrot up her yeah what you want to be yeah, what, yeah. You, no, yeah. your penis. Put your penis. He, sort of, he said he sort of opens her up and she's ready for you. Then and I'm like, oh my god! It's just, yeah, like, this is the worst advice you could take from. But I think we all, I think we've all known like a bloke who's so you don't do that then. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we've all known a bloke who's you know when we've been like teenagers, you get like the 35, 40 year old bloke who tells you things and you're like, that doesn't make any fucking sense, mate. And yeah. that was when I'm reading that, I'm like. What is he telling? Well, then it's like all the different weird things he's telling him to do, and it's like, what? You, no, don't don't put a carrot there. You use your penis, you fucking weirdo. <laughs> uh, but no, but he was completely. I think, and gratefully written out of that film because he served no purpose whatsoever. No, none at all. To be fair, the big question is right. As these are teenage kids, 
and where are they coming up with the, the designs for their jackets and who's making them and like everyone had a uniform you're like how are you yeah when you walked down that school corridor it was like everybody had a different uniform on didn't they and it was yeah. like yeah and it's like it's like how do you know like in in the 60s where'd you go to get like uniforms made for, for street gangs there might have been a thing in America though. I mean, when you look at Greece they had the same kind of thing you had the girls there the, the was it the pink ladies or something the pink, like yeah that? and the two birds and stuff like that you, yeah I think it might have been a thing in certain parts of America back then what like what like in the back of the gazette are you in a street gang do you have a uniform if not we can make you some bomber jackets just because we in England weren't as cool as them in America doesn't mean it wasn't possible well, I don't know if you turned up with the same trainers or top on as your mate you'd go mad you'd have to go home and get changed so. <laughs> that's true yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. one person wearing an afno so basically you'd have what you'd have one in an afnaf t-shirt one in a spliffy jacket that's the equivalent isn't it everybody in my year had fucking spliffy jackets or naf naf it's the same thing or uh, click suits yeah, Cabrini coats when I was growing <laughs> yeah. up in the winter. Mind yeah. you, that being said, it's only the same. I mean, uh, we had, uh, again, just plugging our previous episode, Top Boy with Dougie Brimson and also uh, Eddie Brimson when we discussed ID. Uh, football hooliganism, it's, you know, even though, like, you know, you're not walking to the ground in, like, your football shirt, you walk into your ground in your Stone Island jacket and your, yeah. you know, proper clubber, kind of nice, expensive clothes that, that you're prepared to get claret all over. And, uh, you know, that's the kind of the hooligan kind of uh, dress code isn't it and yeah then you've got like there's a, there is a, a site I think on Facebook like a page of get the badging where you're getting the Stone Island badges in and it just follows football fans <laughs> yeah, all over the country seen, and that. I've seen pictures of that yeah, yeah which, which is always funny okay so uh, let's move into the soundtrack uh, normally this is the part Steve where we ask um, what what kind of song or album you might put into the film to make it a little bit better usually it's the prodigy um, but I think <laughs> what I've got to say is other than Eve this is even though we've covered High Fidelity which I thought High Fidelity had the best soundtrack we've ever done this was fucking by far the best soundtrack of any film I, I loved yeah. it you, the only thing that was missing from it I think was sort of Phil Spector like the Ronettes that sort of sound yes. uh, maybe something of like a, maybe some Paul Anker hiding in there somewhere yeah. but um, I mean even they had my they had my boyfriends back in there as well um, just yeah you know Dal Shannon Akabilk with the saxophone I thought that was perfect for the for the sad scenes yeah, that was yeah. that was brilliant they had, it was really heavy with Frankie Valley and even though I'll play a lot of 50 stuff in the car and the missus look even she was tapping away to it and so it's just like it was such a good soundtrack and I think well played just like you said well placed uh, bits in every single section I thought it was really good Richie? Yeah I don't think I changed the soundtrack 70s indie rock it's, yeah it's just perfect for it it's fine didn't need changing. And, and the way they brought in Bob Dylan at the end times are already changing. It was like a reflection of their lives. Their lives were changing. I just thought that was very poignant. And I've never noticed that until today. You've watched it 40 times and it's only just like now. No, but- oh yeah, when I was a kid, I used to just watch it for the fight on the football field. It was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the shagging at the start. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Unless she was watching it with the whole family, then you're like, yeah, oh, I don't want to watch this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah, I've got yeah, a story yeah. about that. I, I remember watching Basic Instinct with my mum and didn't know what it was about. It just, I was like, oh, do you want to watch this? I'm like, yeah, sweet. I was like, oh, like two minutes in, I'm like, got, got like the pillow on my lap, head down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, fucking hell. My mum hasn't turned it off. I'm like, shit. <laughs> you're not a fuck, Um Okay, so we're going to do the, the remake now, Phil. The re- we're, going, we're, do, we're doing a 2023 remake. We're going to base it on a similar story, but today's social climate. So it wouldn't be what happened then; it would be what's happening now. Yeah. So, well, let's keep it. Let's keep it. Let's keep it the same storyline. But if we're re- if we're remaking it with a new cast, uh, Richie, have you got any ideas of? And I know your first choice. He's going to be for, say, Richie or Perry. Go on, let's hear him. Um, what? Zac Efron. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Tom Hardy. <laughs> yes. Okay, so so first of all, yes, that's a great choice. Are these gangs in the 40s? That's the thing, that's the thing. We, we, need, to, we need to keep these 
kids, kids. So it's going to be people we don't even fucking know yet. No. Okay. So let's let's throw. Okay, let's throw one person in who I think could probably get away with being in the gang as a little bit older, uh, and he's got a bit of a um, he's got a bit of a look about him. I'd throw Will Poulter into the mix. I don't know who that is. Um, have you seen uh, Have you seen Bandersnatch? No. Uh, 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 Black Mirror on Netflix. Yes. Yes. So the oh, I have watched Bandersnatch. Yeah. So the uh, the mixed rice lad with the blonde hair, who's the computer programmer. I have no idea. Fuck's sake. Um, he was in Son of Rambo, Rainbow, as well, and he was in that. Oh, he was in. He's been in a lot. So all right, okay. Will Poulter. I'm going to throw in Will Poulter anyway. He's in there. Anyone else that you can think of who's fairly youngish? No. Not. Well, I don't know if the rock, the rock could be one of the baldies. This is sort of yes. like I know it's going a bit too far. No, no, he, <laughs> no, he could be terror. Because yeah, 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 Stone yeah. Cold in there as well. <laughs> yeah, Stone Cold. Yeah, 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 yeah. Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. Yeah, yeah. Vin Diesel's got that accent. Actually, the New York actually, accent. Actually, actually, who could? Right, okay. All right, so who's going to play Emilio then? Who's going to be Emilio? No. If you could get an American accent, I'd go for Craig Fairbrass, the Rise of the Foot Soldier. That'd be so and, funny, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, actually, yeah. no, because don't forget, as a remake, we can we pretty much remake any part. He could be, you know, a British guy who moved to America, uh, you know, 10 years ago or whatever. You know, we can remake this film however we like. We can crowbar, crowbar Stephen Graham in there somewhere because he can do the New York accent. He was Al Capone, wasn't he? Yeah. He could be the teacher. Yeah, 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 yeah. He'd make a fantastic teacher, right, so yeah. Basically, this film yeah. has now turned from American, Italian, Jewish and black gangs to British casting of Stephen Graham and Craig Fairbrass. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Based in London, but teachers from the north <laughs> and <laughs> the south. Uh, Tam Hassan in there as well. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tam and San, leave the kid alone. He could be that. He could be Perry, leave the kid he alone. Could, yeah. yeah, yeah, he could be. And uh, what's his name as... Um, the one who uh, used to do the uh, he's always he's, he's in all the gang and he used to do Britain's hardest gangs and that what's his name Danny now? Dyer. Danny Dyer is Joey. Hang on, we just we aren't we just naming the cast of the business? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jeff Bell in there as well. Just give them all feeler tracksuit tops instead of Wanderers jackets. <laughs> Let's just go the whole hog. Yeah. <laughs> Umbro Umbro spray away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And instead of like you know street gangs they're football gangs yeah let's just go for it yeah so yeah. football factory so we're just turning it into an English gangster film uh, based on football we just turned it into football factory that's what yeah. 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 the football yeah. factory yeah 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 <laughs> and instead of American football it's real football where, where it kicks off <laughs> West Ham Millwall yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah mean machines isn't it yes yeah, Vinnie Jones. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Vinnie Jones remake actually yeah have Vinnie Jones as terror there we go Perfect. Yes, he, he needs a part in there, Vinny Jones. Yeah, Vinny, and Jason Statham somewhere. Can we get Guy Richard to um, direct it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason Statham just does all the martial arts, isn't he? What? Jason Statham's one of the Wongs. No, no, he is the Wongs, and what it is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. he's walking Perry down the corridor, going, "They're the Dow Bombers. They're the Irish. Don't fuck with them." He goes, "Wongs, it's a fucking bold forty-year-old British bloke." Yeah, but he knows kung fu. He could kill you in one judo chop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm changing the teacher to Chuck Norris, who's doing the blackboard. <laughs> who's going to mess with Chuck Norris? Chuck Norris has got to be the teacher. Okay, and then uh, I'll add I'll add a new character in there. Then the caretaker who uh, ends up in a scrap, and it's fucking Michael Jar White. <laughs> <laughs> The, the leader of the Irish, that, that can be the Undertaker. Or have Brad Pitt when he done Brad Pitt out of Snatch. Oh, yeah. Brad Pitt out of Snatch would be the leader of the Ducky Boys, yeah. Or, no, actually, no, because we could go real Irish and have Killian Murphy in there, couldn't we? To be fair, we're just being fucking ridiculous now, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what a film. What yeah, a film, well, what a premiere. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> you just basically said The Expendables, Football Factory, The Firm. <laughs> you mixed yeah. all those three films together. Mixed, yeah. mixed the Octagon and Missing in Action. Yeah. <laughs> it is our worst remake so far. We, we even managed to remake Breakfast at Tiffany's better than this. <laughs> I want, I don't want the bloke out the exterminator, Robert, whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? I haven't seen this exterminator yet oh god you've got to watch it it's 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 fantastic isn't Henry Schwarzenegger an exterminator he's an exterminator indeed he's an exterminator yeah I remember I remember a post you put on Facebook fucking about seven or eight years ago about the toolbox killer film and I was like 
fucking hell, what's he about? Toolbox Killer. And I looked it up, I was like, fuck me, I'm going to have to fucking watch that. And I watched some really bizarre, like, late 70s, early 80s horror films, and I sort of still not got right into that Toolbox Massacre or whatever it was. It's it's mad because, I don't know, I'm like 50 now, and it, I was in that video revolution, and I was like nine years old when we first got a video recorder. And I was seen everything, like Driller Killer, Exorcist. I seen absolutely every film. It was just, it was just a brilliant time to be a kid yeah. it really was down in, um, really in, uh, in Quinton films yeah no well there was a, we used to have to go all the way to Sturchy from Quinton there was a, a video shop called Witchcraft because we lucky idiots brought a Betamax video instead of VHS <laughs> so we had to source out a video shop that stopped Betamax so that was the only one okie dokie so I think is that is that what's done Richie have we got any additional sections no I've enjoyed reading the book and watching the film it's got me it's got me into gear now watching it you know what I mean it's sort of like I've got to read that book by such and such and I have a deadline and I've got to read it and I really enjoyed it so thank you for asking me really appreciate it it's been an absolute pleasure Stephen it's really nice to catch up with you after so long yeah yeah uh, we do have a quite diverse audience and when I say diverse what I mean is uh, we have a lot of people from America we've got some wongs we've got some yeah. Irish <laughs> we, have, we have people from France Belgium Singapore uh, Israel we have Russian people listen as well Belgium French Germany Spain all over the place can you let our listeners know where they can maybe catch your stand-up? Perhaps if you've got a YouTube channel or review. I haven't got a YouTube channel. Well, you can go Stephen Dodd Comedian on YouTube. I've got clips on there. And uh, I'm just Stephen Dodd on, on Facebook as well. So I haven't really looked into the social media side of thing yet. I'm a bit lazy well, there. You should, to Steve, be because to be perfectly honest, I would have thought, or at least I would say, that you are the next Peter Kay. And, oh, I don't and know about that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Thank you, though, for no, saying no, it. No, but Steve, it's not even it's not even because you're a friend, right? It's because like your jokes are not similar to what Peter Kay does, but it's a similar kind of stand-up. You, you just make jokes about things. You go, fuck, I didn't think about that you know what i mean it's yeah like it's it, it's that kind of thing so you should really start looking at putting a show reel together start filming yourself put a show reel together get yourself out there because i think that you could be the next big thing thank you i really appreciate that and i've really enjoyed this i really have if you could send me the links for some other episode i'd like to listen to them yeah well um i didn't purposely listen to them before because i, I wanted to do this as like fresh as just sort of like I, I didn't know the format i just wanted to come in and just go right the, to me it's, it's it's really interesting and i do i do love my films and tv i really do i'll send you the uh, the uh, Spotify list and uh, all the bits are on there. We've got some great, we've got some great guests. We've had, uh, yeah. we've had people uh, like Scott Caporo who's in Mrs. Doubtfire. He's been on. We've had Tom Bamford who was in Hellraiser. He's been on. Uh, we've had Gareth Bellina. Uh, we've had John Pearson, Ben Davis, Dougie, and Eddie Brimson. Uh, we've had we've had quite a few uh, good guests, haven't we, Richard? Yeah, we're hoping to have a really good year next year because we're going to plan ahead. So we're going to work out our books and everything for next year so yeah, we might, might have you back on if you fancy it I'd love to I'd love to I love stuff like this I really we'll do we'll send you a shitload of uh, books that we'll possibly be doing ahead of time so you can work out which ones are brilliant thank you ever so much yeah, the uh, new Jack Reacher book's out as well now and season 2 of Jack Reacher's coming out on Amazon soon so maybe That's we should such a uh, big project though Phil I mean a whole season I can sit down and watch a film but a whole two seasons of something <laughs> one episode of a podcast just seems a lot of work each season is based on a book so you've only got to watch six hours and oh that's control. okay then if it's only six hours that's okay yeah but the Jack Reacher movie that we did was about two and a half hours wasn't it it was a fucking was monster it? yeah something like that I don't know. Yeah, anyway, we'll sit down and talk about that. But um, yes, that is us done. That is um, that is the book and the film, The Wanderers. I do recommend you go check it out. It's very culturally relevant for the time. It gives you an insight into what it was like then. You have to look at it in that with those lenses, though. Don't look at it in the, with the lens of, um, oh, this is awful and horrible and it shouldn't be made today. But uh, yeah, do that. You can also check us out and find us in the links that we'll leave in the show notes uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram and all those places if you're listening to this you like us and you enjoyed this and you enjoy what we do please give us a like a subscriber following all that good shit it'd be much appreciated so yes that's us uh, thank you again Steve it's been a pleasure thank you thank you Phil uh, all the, yeah as always Richard so this has been the Adapted to Screen podcast the Wanderers, the book versus the film. Thanks for listening, if indeed you still are. Okay, bye-bye. Back.
Back in 63, there was one kind of music. Yeah, all right, some rock and roll. One kind of love. No, not yet. You know, in a couple minutes, we're going to be naked, then what? And all kinds of gangs. If you ever need us, just whistle loud. We'll be there. I'm in love. Look at that. Teenage trouble. The terrors of their turf. There were the Fordham Baldies. I got a urge tonight. All right, let's stomp some ass. The Dell Bombers. The Wongs. Chasing me! And then there were the wanderers. Leave the kid alone. Gotcha. A legend in their time. The wanderers. It was their world. You guys don't know where you're living. You're talking last year. We ain't going with you without these. Then you ain't going with us. Their rules. Nice knowing you guys. One is forever, right, Joey? Let's go! It was their time, but time was running out. Hey, buddy! Somebody's in trouble! The Wanderers. Too crazy to run. Too proud to hide. Well, I don't want to see you run. Are you scared? Too good to lose. One is forever. Around, 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 around. The wanderers are coming. Not yet. And you'll never forget them.